Well, God bless you, church family. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I believe God has a powerful word that he wants to declare over you and your family and your situation. As we continue to move through this season that we're all just kind of navigating through, I am believing that this word is going to uplift you. Let me just share this with you before we jump into these few collected thoughts. I believe God gave me a prophetic word for this season. God has something so profound that he wants to speak speak to you through his word for this evening. So I want you to lean in wherever you are. I want you to turn off every distraction that you can. I believe that this word is not only for our church, but it is for the church all over the world. I'm praying that God would radically bless you in a tremendous way as we just share this, these few thoughts for just a moment. Can I pray for you as we dive into this message? Thank you so much for being here. Thanks again for tuning in. We know God has got powerful things for your life. Let me pray for you and I would love to just share a few thoughts. Father, thank you so much for tonight. Lord, I thank you for every person tuning in right now. I pray right now for the needs that have just even been made aware for, for me over the last couple of days. People not only within the Curry Ford campus, but also within the Red Bugle Lake campus. God, I pray for just these individuals. I pray for just brothers and sisters. I pray for my dear sister, Sheila. I ask you to touch her body, heal her in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much for your favor. Continue to give, uh, Lord, the things that only you can produce and only you can deliver. Challenge us and change us through the teachings of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, again, thank you for being here. God bless you as you hear these words. You know, we've been saying this a lot. We are living in a season that the world has never seen before. We are living in unprecedented times. Everyone is saying it. It's like the world has just stopped. Everyone is just frozen in place as we try to kind of gain traction and figure out how we're going to move forward after this. We've been saying that the whole world has stopped. This is, we're wondering what the new normal is going to look like. And I know that even in this season, this season of unclarity and uncertainty, God is still moving. Aren't you glad that even though everything in the world might be changing, Micah says that he is God and he does not change. Aren't you glad that our God is unmovable, unshakable, unconquered, and he's for you today. And so even as as we're going through this season, I want to speak this over you this evening. I'm believing God has got something powerful that he wants to awaken on the inside of you. If you're with me, I need you to say yes all the way there in your living room. I can feel it. All right, so here we go. I know God is moving. I believe God is holding the world so still. He slowed it down for just a moment. And the reason I believe one of the ways God is going to use this season is he wants to wake us up to the things that we weren't paying attention to. I believe God is going to use this season to wake us up to the things that we have not been paying attention to. The truth of the matter is this. So many of us, we have become addicted. We are addicted to the frenzy, frenzies of busyness. We are so addicted to the business and all of a sudden when everything stops, we kind of don't know how to navigate. We kind of don't know how to step forward through this moment. We're kind of, I heard somebody say it like this the other day. It's like a hamster wheel, a hamster spinning in a wheel. We're all out of breath, but we haven't gone anywhere. Spinning in a wheel, we're all out of breath. We've got so many things to do, so many things to accomplish, but we haven't gone anywhere. We have to ask ourselves, 
uh, why we feel like we have to wear the word busy like a badge of honor. I do believe that God has taken a moment with all of us and he is removing the busyness of our world in this season. We live in a world with bottomless opportunity and endless distraction. You see, the enemy wants nothing more than to detour you from accomplishing God's perfect will for your life. I heard a pastor say this, the devil, if he can't make you mad, he will make you busy. The enemy wants you so caught up with everything that has to be done that you forget the importance of sitting at the master's feet. God has stopped the world for this season, for this moment, to awaken you to something beautiful and powerful. I'm going to share this with you in just a moment. I'm so fired up in my spirit because I do believe God is going to use this to position the church in a way like we have never been positioned to radically proclaim the name of Jesus Christ all around our city, all around our nation, all around the world. God is getting ready to unveil a brightened, awakened church. Say amen. Many of us in this season, though, we're seeing things with a new outlet, a new outlook, a new perspective. It's interesting that we're starting to see the value in things that maybe we forgot were valuable. We're starting to see how certain things that we've forgotten, how important they were. It's like all of a sudden a highlighter has been placed over these certain areas. And we're understanding maybe the things that are more invaluable than we thought they were. Things that we forgot, the treasure that was buried within. We're seeing with a new perspective, aren't we all? Uh, the need for taking better care of our health. The need for making the most of every opportunity with the, the blessing that we are to be surrounded by loved ones. We're seeing the necessity of maybe managing your resources well. And one of the reasons why we kind of forget these things is because this. Culture has a way of saying you aren't moving fast enough. You know that's true. Culture has a way of saying you're not moving fast enough. We always feel like we need to be in a hurry. Isn't that true? We always feel like we got to go. We got to go. We got to get to the next thing. We got to get to the new thing. We got to get to the unveiling of this brand new product or this brand new technology. Isn't that true? Hurry. Get a job. Get the dream job. If it's not your dream job, just get it anyway. Get married. Have kids. Make sure they're on the honor roll. Make sure you have another kid. And after you have another kid, hurry. And if your two-year-old's not on the honor roll by the time he's two and a half, you're way behind. Culture has a way of telling us we need to move faster. You got to get a bigger house. You got to get a faster car. You got to get newer phones. You got to get the nicest clothes. You got to take the next luxurious vacation. And you have to have an unending supply of toilet paper. How many of you know that's true? For whatever reason, culture has a way of saying you need to move quickly. And sometimes when you live in a hurried, rushed state, you might be missing, you might be overlooking some things that you better not forget. I believe God has stopped the world to awaken us to things that we had began to forget about. And some of these material things, having them, owning them, that's fine. I don't have anything against somebody wanting to have a nicer phone or a bigger house or a nice car. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that at times. But we have to make sure that in pursuit of those things that we don't lose sight of the things that are far more valuable. I want you to write this down. We need to make sure in search of those replaceable wants, we don't lose time with those irreplaceable needs. Let's say that again. We need to make sure 
in search of those replaceable wants. Watch that. We don't lose time with those irreplaceable needs. The most valuable currency in our world right now is not money. It's not the stocks that you own. It's not the price of oil. You know what the most valuable, precious resource you have? It's the thing that can't be replaced. It's your time. What are you doing with this season? How are you allowing, how are you leveraging this moment to step into a massive momentum that takes you further than you ever thought was possible? Time, the most valuable gift God has ever given us. It's irreplaceable. You see, money will buy you a bed, but not a good night's sleep. Money will buy you a house, but it won't buy you a home. Money will give you a whole slew of companions, but not one good friend. You see, no one at the end of their life is wanting to count the zeros in their bank account or take one more look at their fancy cars or count the rooms in their enormous home. At the end of your life, you're only going to really value a couple of things. You're going to value your relationship with your creator, your heavenly father. And you're going to also value wanting to have the family members there saying their final goodbyes. At the end of your life, you are not going to be wanting more things. You're going to want to be cherishing every second you have with those around you. Are you busy doing things or are you busy building things? We have to take a moment and ask ourselves that. What are you creating? What are you conquering? Too often we mistake activity for achievement. There are so many things calling for your attention. The enemy would want nothing more for us locked in an endless circle full of meaningless meandering. Where are you going? And is it a place that you want to be? Following the wrong things, we all get caught up in that. Just going with the flow and working through the motions. I want to show you a photograph of something called the processionary caterpillar. We're going to take a look at him real quick. Processionary caterpillar, look at him. He's gorgeous. He's got my hair cut. And uh, the processionary caterpillar, okay? The processionary caterpillar, what's interesting about this, there is a scientist studying these insects. And what's interesting about these insects is once they start following someone, once they start following another insect in front of them, they kind of get into this trance and they began to kind of forget everything else else and they began to just follow kind of like in a parade they begin to just follow this one insect in front of them what's interesting about this true story check this out is the scientist was studying them and he wanted to know how long would these insects go so this is what he did he got a flower pot he put it on top of his desk and he put about eight or nine of these caterpillars in a row and wouldn't you know it, they just started following one another. Just, just slumping along, moving around the rim of this flower pot. What's, what's crazy is he watches them for a full day. They didn't take a break. They just kept marching around this flower pot. Well, he decides, you know what, I'm just going to leave them. Eventually they'll get tired and then, you know, then we'll try again tomorrow. He goes home. He comes back in the next morning to his amazement. This goofy bug kept going around the ring, was continuing to go around the ring of this flower pot. So then he goes, okay, they've been walking for hours. They've been walking all night. Surely they're hungry. So this is what he does. He grabs some pine needles. He drops them in the middle of the flower pot. This was this insect's favorite food. And wouldn't you know it, 
they were so caught up and wandering. They were so caught up and following the crowd. Watch this. That they didn't even step into the provision that was right there in front of them. They missed it. It's a sad story, but what actually ended up happening is all these caterpillars to the scientists' shock. They all died of starvation. Why? Because they were caught up in the spinning cycle that was leading them nowhere. They were caught up in going through the motions that literally they were inches away from the life-giving provision that was provided for them and they missed it. Why? Because they were caught up following the crowd. Question to you tonight. What are you following? What are you pursuing? Where are you going? I don't want to miss out on the provisions and the promises of God that he has for my life because I'm following the wrong things. Let me ask you a question. Are you wandering in a circle to nowhere? Are you heading in a place you truly want to be? It's time to stop chasing those same old excuses, following those same lies, those same self-doubts, those negative thoughts. God is calling you forward. Somebody say forward tonight. To step out of the meaningless merry-go-round of mediocrity. God is calling you to get out of the spinning hamster wheel. God is calling you free tonight. He is calling you forward tonight. I believe God stopped the busyness of your world so that way he can help you step into a season of unprecedented victory. Hear me. God has stopped the world so that way he can empower you to step into a season of unprecedented victory. You know, as I was thinking about where we are in this historic moment, we've never faced this before. I started to think about how, was there ever a time, watch this, that the world actually stood still. You know, I mean, like, like this before, like the world keeps spinning, it keeps spinning, it keeps going, it keeps going. Was there ever a time that the world stopped spinning? And I thought about, there was a time. It's found in the book of Joshua. The scripture says that Joshua, this is found in Joshua chapter 10, verse 6. The scripture says that Joshua, this mighty commander, mentored and inspired by his leader, his father figure, Moses. The scripture says, and we read this, our key text this evening is Joshua chapter 10, verses 6 through 14. And the scripture says that, that the, the people of God were in a t difficult place. Let me read this to you. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua, the commander, the leader of the army, and in the camp of Gigal. The scripture says this, do not abandon your servants. Come quickly and save us, help us because the Amorite king from the hill country have joined us, because, have joined their forces against us. Verse eight says this, the Lord said to Joshua, I love this, do not be afraid of them. I will give them into your hand. Not one of you will be, not one of them will be able to withstand you. The scripture says this, after an all night march from Gigal, um, Joshua went to surprise them. The Lord then threw them, the enemy, into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites could defeat them completely at Gibeon. Watch this. On the day the Lord, on that day, the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. Joshua said to the, to the Lord in his, the presence of Israel, Joshua then, seeing that the day is getting ready to close, seeing that he needs some extra time, seeing that he needs another opportunity, watch this. Joshua then prays, son, 
stand still over Gibeon. And you, moon over the valley of Ajalon. I love this. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped to the nation avenged itself on its enemies as it is written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped, watch this, in the middle of the sky and delayed going down for a full day. I love this. There has never been a day like this before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being like this. Watch this. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Okay, now look back up here. Listen closely as we're reading this text. Here Joshua is facing an army and he realizes he needs a little bit more time. So this is what Joshua does. He prays the most bold, one of the most beautiful, audacious, amazing prayers. He says, God, can you stop the sun in place? Now, here's the deal. We know that the sun didn't stop. Of course, we know that. We know what actually stopped. What actually stopped moving the world. Watch this. The world stopped moving for a moment. So that way the sun would appear to stand in that position to give Joshua some more time, some more focus to have victory. I love this. God made time stand still right here and now. God has stopped the world, watch this, so that way you can step into your victory. It's time for victory. Do you hear me, church? It is time for victory. Victory over your anger. Victory over your fear. Victory over your past. Some of you have been so comfortable in your defeat. And God is saying, church, you are standing in the most historic moment of our history. And God is saying to you, I've stopped the world. Why? So that way I will give you some opportunity to step into unprecedented victory. The same power that stopped the sun in the sky also raised Christ from the dead. And that power is empowering every single believer. I'm going to say that again. The same power that stopped the sun and raised Christ from the dead is empowering every single believer. So here, I'm going to give you a couple things from this story. Here are some steps that you can take to step into courageous victory. Here is how you step into courageous victory. Are you ready? Here it is. Number one, keep God in the center of every situation. I could stop preaching right now. We could have an altar call. You could run to the front of your living room right now, wherever you are, and you can have an altar call experience just on that one truth alone. We have to keep God in the center of every situation. Somebody say amen. So many times we want to get everybody's opinion, somebody's advice. We want to get um, our experience. We want to get that in front of the experience that we're walking through. But God is saying, no, why don't you get me in the middle of every single situation that you're facing? Why don't you just not get me there? Why don't you just keep me there? God is wanting to be in the middle of every single situation that you face. Why? Because he is a powerful God who is for you, not against you. We need to keep God in the middle of every situation. I am waiting for the church to say there are no off-limit parts of my life. God wants to step into every single season, every single situation. I don't know about you, but I want God in the middle of my family. I want God in the middle of my marriage. I want him in the middle of my career, in the middle of my business. I want him in the middle of my car when I'm driving from my home to work. I want God in the middle of every situation I'm in. If you want to have unprecedented victory, if you want to have courageous victory, 
You have to keep God in the center of every situation. Write this down. Victory is found when you draw near to God. It's the greatest time in history and I want to let you know greatness is in front of you. You don't need great faith, but you need faith in a great God. And stop saying that I don't have enough faith to get through this. Remember this, the enemy would have you be distracted with that. Listen, the enemy would have you say you need great faith to do amazing things, to do miracles. No, Jesus said you need small faith to move a mountain. So if you feel like your faith is too small, guess what, baby? That's all the faith you need because you don't need big faith. Big faith in you, big faith in what you can do and what you can accomplish. You need small faith in a big God and you can see impossible things take place. Somebody say amen. Remember, it's a small faith that moves mountains. Life is fragile, so handle it with your prayers. How big is your giant? How wide are the walls surrounding your Jericho promise? How many lions are swarming around you? How large are Pharaoh's armies? Let me tell you something. Every single time the people of God face something way bigger than themselves, they got a big God in the middle of that situation and they overcame it. If your problem is too big for you, it's just the right size for God. Remember this, the scripture says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let me tell you this, victory is always possible for the believer who refuses to stop worshiping. Whatever you're lacking is found in the presence of God. Worship makes you stronger. Whatever you're lacking is found in the presence of God. I told students for this for the last 16 years that I've been pastoring here. I've been telling students this, whatever you need is found in the presence of God. James says this, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Whatever you need, do you need a friend? Worship God because then a friend that stays closer than a brother walks in. Are you sick and you need healing? Worship him because the healer moves close when you step close to him. Whatever you need, are you trapped with no way out? Worship him because then the way maker steps into your situation and leads you into victory. Somebody say amen. Whatever you're lacking church is found in the presence of God. If you wanna become more powerful, Draw near to the ones, draw near to the one that makes you powerful. Before you ever face the problem, God has already provided the solution. He is a way maker. You know, it's true. God never promised smooth sailing, but he did promise a safe landing. Number two, let me say it like this. You get sternly, how do you step into courageous victory? Number two is this. You get sternly focused on what triumph looks like. You get sternly focused on what triumph looks like. Why did Joshua ask God to stop the sun? Why did he ask God to stretch out the day? Ooh, I love this. Watch this. Because it's difficult to have victory without vision. Why did Joshua pray for God to hold the sun in place, for God to stop the day from moving forward? Why did he ask God for a little bit more light, a little bit more sun in this situation? Here's why. Because it is difficult to have victory without vision. Joshua needed to see where the enemy was. It's practical. He needed to see the places that God was calling him to conquer. This is why we need to listen closely to the voice of the Holy Spirit. God is wanting to reveal to us a place where the enemy has a stronghold in your life. God wants to lead you to greater victory. Say amen. But we need to take a deeper step into our holiness. 
when you have clearer vision, it's easier. When you have clearer vision, Joshua needed to see his enemy. One of the reasons why we live bound to our enemy is because we don't know where he is. One of the reasons why we live addicted and struggling is because we don't have enough sunlight to show us where we need to fix, what we need to change. Oh, friends, we need to get our life fully exposed to the sun. When you have clearer vision, here's what happens. You demand that all destiny detouring compromises are removed. When you have clearer vision, it's easier to demand that all destiny detouring compromises are removed. I'm going to tell you about this young man. His name was Antoine Yates. The story happened in 2003. I'm just going to tell you the story first. And we're going to show you a photo in just a moment. But let me share this story with you. Antoine Yates. Um, all of a sudden, one of the neighbors knocks on his apartment door. This is in New York City. Okay, of course. Another crazy story. Okay. From our friends up there. Here's what happens. The neighbors hear this strange sound coming from his apartment. Like, like almost terrifyingly scary sound. So here's what happens. They, they knock on the door. They don't hear him respond, but they hear this weird sound. They don't know what to do. They hadn't seen Antoine in days. So eventually they got really concerned because they kept hearing weird noises coming from his apartment. True story. So they call the police. The police come. They knock on the door. They say, Antoine, are you there? It's the police. Open up. No sound, but then all of a sudden when the officer leaned his ear against the door, he hears something that absolutely frightens him. It was so frightening that he said, I don't think I'm going to open this door. So this is what they did. They actually got some kind of uh, tool where they cut a hole in the center of the door and then they looked in. And when they looked in, they saw a 500-pound Bengal tiger locked in New York City small apartment. All of them are smart, by the way. Here's what happens. They say, I don't know what happened to Antoine. I don't know where he is, but we need to deal with this. So they said, we're not opening this door. They actually went to the roof and rappelled down to the window. Here's a photograph of this tiger. Take a look at this. Um, here is the officer. This is a tranquilizer uh, gun right here. And look right here. If you can see it there at home, there is a 500-pound bangle tiger locked in a New York City apartment. What's going on? They tranquilize the, the tiger and he goes to sleep. They get him to the place where he belongs. So then everyone's wondering, where's Antoine? Don't worry, he was okay. He was actually at an emergency room. Uh, he stayed in the hospital a couple of days and he had a big cuts and big bites. And he had told the nurse, he didn't want to tell him about his tiger. He, he actually wanted to say, hey, um, I was just attacked by a dog. And the nurses and the doctors were like, that's a big dog, okay? So here's what happens. They, they, they couldn't believe it. So here we are looking at this image and we have to ask ourselves, how did this even get started? It's because sometimes things look innocent. They start out sounding like a good idea, but it might bring you to a place you don't want to be. Here's the facts. Some of us are getting attached to something that started out innocent and harmless, but we realize it, that that thing is starting to lead us into a place of devastating harm. When we get in these situations with sin, it starts out innocent. You know what? 
this 500-pound tiger wasn't always a 500-pound tiger. When Antoine first got it, you want to know what it looked like? This. Look at that. How cute, how small, how innocent. This baby tiger. Like when he first got involved with it, it looked so innocent. It looked so sweet. It looked so gentle. It wasn't a big deal. And that's what the enemy does. He tries to get us caught up in sin in the sense where we begin to say, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a sin. In fact, I can't even find a verse that says, well, don't actually do this sin. Don't actually look at these images. I, I don't know about if it's, 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 well, it's not the best thing to do. It's not the wise thing for me to do. Sure, I shouldn't be going here. Sure, I shouldn't be watching those kinds of shows. I shouldn't be listening to these persons and these personalities. Maybe I should. And all of a sudden, the enemy just gets you so comfortable with the small sins. You know, one of the biggest things we tell ourselves is this. Oh, you think I've got problems? You think I need to get better with my sin? Watch this. Then we say this. Well, you should look at him. You should look at her. They're way worse than me. Friends, God would say to you, I'm calling you to a level of holiness. I'm calling you to a level of victory. Oh, church, it's time to, to demand that all destiny detouring compromises are removed. We all have something in our life that we've made peace with that we shouldn't have. Ravi Zacharias, an amazing apologist, amazing follower of Christ, he said this, sin will take you further than you want to go, will keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you way more than you want to pay. It's not God's will for you to live with guilt and shame. God has mountains for you to conquer. It's time to put a permanent end to the struggles that have left you stranded. Hear this. It is time for you to rise up and find your victory. God wants you to have vision for your life. Hear me. In life, there are no dress rehearsals. You get one shot. Why not draw near to the one who empowers you to do the impossible? God has not called you to be mediocre. He has called you to be mighty. What dream, what goal, what level is God calling you to achieve? Here's the fact. Here's the thing I want you to do. Write down that God dream and write down the next step that you need to take to accomplish it. Martin Luther King, an influential man of God, said this. Take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. So often when God gives us a dream, God gives us vision, we begin to say, well, I don't know all the steps to get there. God might not show you step number 45 and 72, but he will show you your next step. Take your next step forward. Your next most practical step forward. I'm just going to share this and then we'll close. When you get into your car and you're wanting to go somewhere, you only have two pieces of information. Here's what you have. You have where you are and you have where you want to go. The headlights of your car can only see a few feet in front of you. When you're in your car and you start off driving to wherever you're headed, you don't see the destination immediately. But you do see the next few steps that you have to cross, you have to step through. Watch this. That's the same way with reaching your God-inspired dream. You don't get to see step 47 and 38. Hear me, you only see the next few steps. So just like the throw of the headlights, all you gotta do, I don't see my destination yet, and I might have a couple detours, but I do know that if I just conquer these next few steps, 
the next few will become clear. Oh, friends, don't get stuck in the driveway of unreached dreams because a lot of people in life, they're sitting in their driveway saying, I can't even start the car because all the lights haven't turned green. I can't even start the car because I haven't figured it all out. No, church, that's where your faith kicks in. That's where you say, hey, God, I might not see a way, but I know you have a way. Just take your next most practical step. Here's some things that you can do. Take the class. Go to the counseling that you've been saying you need to go to. Make the phone call and ask someone to forgive you. Join the small group. Make the prayer a daily and discipline in your life. Make time in your word. If you don't set a goal, you've already set it and the goal is to stay the same. Church, God is calling us to victory. He's calling you to clear victory and vision. I wanna to speak to the ones who feel like they've missed their chance, missed their shot. Listen, if your heart is beating, that means God is still writing your story. You haven't missed your shot. Now is the time to believe, love, and serve like never before. What are the two steps? Here they are one more time. Keep God in the center of every situation. That's step number one. Number two, get sternly focused on what triumph looks like. God has slowed down the world to give you victory. Can I pray for you? And Pastor John's gonna lead us in this chorus and I pray you sing it with us. Father, thank you so much for this moment. I pray, Lord, that as eyes are locked in from all over our city and all over the world, that they are inspired and encouraged tonight. Jesus, give us victory. I pray that Joshua's would rise up in Jesus' name. I pray that Deborah's would rise up and Esther's would rise up and Mary's would rise up and Simon Peter's would rise up. My God, that Noah's would rise up, that Moses would rise up and our generation and we would say, I see victory in the Lord. If God is for me, who can be against me? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. My God, I thank you, God, that I might not see a way, but you have a way. That if I, if I acknowledge you and I lean not on my own understanding that you will make my path straight. I thank you, God, that you are the God that makes me fireproof when I walk through the flames. I thank you, God, that you close the mouth of lions, God, that you still let giants fall before me. God, I pray that we would rise up in Jesus' name and be the church like never before. Would you sing this with us? I'm gonna see a victory just lift your voice. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Wherever you are, whatever your face is singing. I'm going to see a victory. Jesus. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Yes, it does. Oh God, we believe that with our whole hearts today. We believe your word over us. And we trust, Lord, that the word that's been spoken over us today would take root in the lives and in the hearts of all of the hearers today. I pray, God, that you would empower us, Lord God, empower us to walk out this word in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you'll get glory, that you'll get glory as we see the battles won 
as we see the victories, Lord God, come to pass because of your activity in our, in our lives. We give you the glory, we give you the honor and the praise, and we walk in your promises and stand on your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. Let's have a great rest of our week.